Hello and welcome to this King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I help people to tell their truth, to be valued for their sacred purpose, and to figure out what they're actually doing here amidst all of the chaos that we're in. I have a special guest with me today that Hello I was fortunate to, to meet. King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. One sec. There you go. That almost always happens. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so Derek Holmes is here with me. He is the president of the local chapter that uh, we're in Winnipeg here, the local chapter of the mm -hmm. Proud Boys Association that has received a great deal of uh, attention in the last while, as we were just talking about. And before we get started, for anybody who might be coming on, the, the live stream also takes a little bit of time to have people notice that we've gone live. And uh, yeah, so how is it now, Doc? Thanks for letting me know about the audio. I just, uh, yep, <clears throat> I think it's good now. And so this podcast really is a way to highlight the strong men out there, the truth tellers, those who are willing to say the difficult things that get them the not good attention. And so that they can be held up and not be taken down. And I, and I have to imagine, we'll, we'll talk about this, that the Proud Boys was born of that movement of taking strong men down and emasculating them, making them the cause of, or, or depicting them to be the cause of all of the violence and uh, aggression and wrong things that are happening out there in the world. I was myself a believer as a staunch feminist huh beating my drum, telling people that women should take over the world wow. and that all the problems were about men. Uh, it wasn't actually until my father passed away that I had a massive breakthrough around that and saw mm. how much of my, what I considered to be my own original thinking was really programming. So I had a massive awakening. I developed a, a like completely different relationship with men, like overnight, literally. I went from wow. being in a place of disrespect to genuinely respecting, not having to make any effort to do that, and just taking people on their own merit, right? It's not about uh, pulling the wool over and saying everybody's good or everybody's bad. It's just like, just be present and see who, who you're talking to. Um, so Derek and I met in uh, at a Winnipeg rally, and I was just going around the various tables that were there of people who had information. And right away, Derek, when I saw your mission <laughs> and how it's connected, I'm like, You're, you guys are king heroes. I'd like to interview you. And it was it was fascinating because you said, um, maybe there was this. Yeah, like, yeah I remember of, that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of back out kind of energy. And uh, what did you and, say to me? Yeah. Oh, I Would you remember what you said? You it called would... me out, and it was really funny. You said we need strong men to stand up right now, ah, and okay. I just, I just looked at the, I looked at the, the brother I was with at the time, and I went, oh man, like okay, very gauntlets thrown down, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, I better do it then. I better do it. <laughs> That's great. That's so good. Yeah, then yeah. I heard from you. So do you want to take a minute and introduce yourself and the Proud Boys organization? Just let them know for anybody yeah. that's not familiar and, and for sure for anybody that's only been Googling you because um, uh, as we know, when mm -hmm. you Google Proud Boys, it's not exactly accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, well, my name is Derek Holmes. I'm 49. Uh, I live in just in rural Manitoba. I, I, live, I used to live in Winnipeg. I'm outside now. I've been... Uh, involved at the Proud Boys for 
two years, and they've been in Winnipeg for about two and a half years, so about six oh, months. Very recent. After they formed, yeah, the Proud Boys have only been around since uh, 2016, and mm-hmm. they really sort of came on the scene with the election of Trump and Gavin McInnes starting it kind of as a joke. He kind of wanted to start this men's club, um, and, and it started as basically Gavin uh, trying to, he had somebody in his office that was, uh, I guess, not masculine enough, and as a joke, he said, we're going to make a man out of you, and that started the Proud Boys. And and it's just it's blown up from there. And now there's Proud Boys Israel, Proud Boys Australia, Proud Boys, of course, United States. There's multiple chapters in every city, and of course, Proud Boys Canada. And we had uh, a couple members here decide to start a chapter, and it just and that's what drew me in. Is is it looked like a lot of fun? It looked like these were were just guys, guys, and you know they were getting together and having some drinks and having some laughs. And it's really just taken off from there. Now it's, it's gotten, it seems to me like, like at the core, we're a drinking club. Um, but it's become really so much more than that. You know, like most of us are, I would say, conservative slash libertarian at heart. Uh, but all. And I really liked the idea of men accepting other men, uh, no sort of like regardless of race religion creed that the idea was we're united on of our love of country the love of the west and the love of being men and that was that that, that drew me in mm-hmm. and uh you know the first year i was after it was just uh, just good times we got together have drinks, uh, eat ribs, have laughs. And then I guess about a year ago, it definitely started taking a little bit of a heavier, bit of a heavier turn. And then um, I became president about five months ago. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was seeing already seeing so much of the negative press that was associated with it. I don't really know where it came from to a great degree. Um, you know, they called us racist for a long time. For years, they were calling us racist. And I, you know, obviously our our chairman is African-American descent, and, but that doesn't matter. Like, we don't care. We don't care about race at all. It's a completely irrelevant topic for us. But I guess we were conservative, and we were, at least 30 of us, were right-wing. And we were unapologetic about masculinity and our love of the West. And I think that kind of put a target on us. Um, and then, like, and I decided that we we had to start combating this narrative. Like, our enemies were were setting the narrative. Uh, people who didn't like us were saying we were white supremacists and we were violent. And oh, like, I've personally never seen uh, a proud boy start a fight. I've seen proud boys fight. I have seen them fight. I've seen them defend themselves. I've seen them be attacked. But I've I've never seen a proud boy uh, start a fight. So I just felt, you know, it was time to get out there, maybe start meeting people, start telling them who we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that brought me to the legislator, uh, the legislative building on that day, and I met you. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Very good. I want to ask you more about that, but uh, I'll just say hi to everybody who's showing up in the chat, Channel News, and Dixie, and Hippie Regalia Mum, Sufinelli. <clears throat> 
TikTok. Michael has been here and uh, he said I posted a wrong link. So we will definitely post a right one. I'll, I'll make sure to <laughs> ask you, Derek, which is uh, a right link. It, it works for me, but uh, we'll see how oh, that's going. Okay. And Holly Berry is here and Kelly F.B., Sue Finelli, I think I said that, Lynn Michelle. So great. I'm, I'm glad I actually kind of called on uh, my audience for some help. Mark Wontroba uh, as well. Just in case, I didn't know if this was going to go live to your channels. And uh, like you said, you know, there can be a, a variety of reactions that we're going to get from this. <laughs> personally, personally, I never backed down. That's normal. That, that is That's normal. normal. Right? It's quite normal right. for me, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I never back down from that. I'm, I'm one of those few good. people that doesn't mind some conflict. Uh, of course, I don't want to go to war with anyone, and I'm, I, I try to yeah. be a, a rebel with a cause and really know why I'm fighting in the first place and if it's actually worth the uh, effort and the time. But um, what was it that personally drew you to this? Was there anything in your life that you have been through around uh, masculinity and maybe you know standing up or anything like that 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 made it seem like the right role for you to, to be in leadership in this way? Um, for the leadership question, um, the, the previous president was kind of stepping down a bit and, and he was just pulling back. And I felt that the group was, was, was floundering slightly. And, um, and my, big, my big push and what I decided to do is I wanted us to start becoming more public. We have to start speaking our minds and start stepping up and talking to people uh, and start combating the lies that have been told about us and basically conservatives in general. I mean, it's, it's always been, um, you know, conservatives are racist, bigot, homophobes, and, and we're not. But uh, when the left sets the narrative, uh, we have to fight against that. And so that's what really leadership. As far as like the Proud Boys, Other than it looked like a lot of fun, uh, I wanted to meet some like-minded men. And, um, and now, like, I've been in there two years, and some of my best friends are Proud Boys now. Mm -hmm. And I can count on them. Mm -hmm. And they can count on me. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So good. And so where do you find the courage that it takes to withstand some of those attacks? What makes it, like... It, I know my story about not being afraid of conflict. How how do you mm. get yourself through that door if, if somebody comes and outright slams you or takes you down or, or one of your your colleagues down? How do you handle the stress and the conflict? Is there any tricks well, or tips? I don't know. It's tough. Uh, I thought that it wouldn't be as hard as it was until I started doing it, and then you start realizing it is pretty challenging. I've had people... Um, I just recently, I, I have the gym that I go to said, I, I couldn't attend there anymore. I found out I was a proud boy oh. and, um, uh, the jujitsu gym. I won't name the, the gym because it's, I believe it's his gym. It's his, I believe he has a right to train anybody for any reason. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, it, it hurt, definitely hurt because I've known him for years and, I tried to be a good student. I tried to support. Um, I tried to support his gym, and uh, and I think, but you know, he gets scared too. You know, he was scared because he was getting attacked on Facebook, and uh, I think it's the same thing. Like you, you just take the path of least resistance. This is really tough. I'm, I'm being attacked. 
the attack is is actually much smaller than you think it is. It's not nearly as bad as your mind it out to be. You know, it exists primarily on the internet. And, uh, but, you know, and he made a business decision. And I didn't like it, but, uh, you know, it was Jim, it was his call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As far as how I deal with it, you know, I've got a great family and I've got a very supportive wife and I've got mm-hmm. two wonderful boys. And that, and country living uh, gets me through. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's and I focus on work. Mm, nice, nice. Yeah, um, it's one of the reasons that the family is under so much attack, and not just recently. This has been ongoing. Yeah. In fact, that's the whole basis for the feminist movement: is to break men and women and families up. And they've been yeah. incredibly successful, right? At the, I don't know what the exact rate is now, but it's it's at least half of the marriages don't survive. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, and uh, I'm finding myself, I'm I'm becoming more traditional as I get older myself, as as a lot of the ideas I had in my youth uh, were not yielding fruit. Uh, you know, I uh, was was raised Catholic. And I kind of fell away from the church. I never gave up my faith for the most part. And now I find myself gravitating back to the church, gravitating back to faith and then the traditional values because I'm finding it's giving me a sense of meaning in my life. And uh, I think meaning in life is in short supply these days. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's actually my whole entire soapbox message that uh, right. people, people without purpose are easily controlled. Right, that if you don't have yeah. that basic, if, if life doesn't mean anything, then they can come along with all their artificial meaning and just stamp on you yeah. and make it seem like it's your idea. That was, yeah. that was the hard part for me, awakening to all of this narrative, was that it had been coming out of my mouth all my life. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was the inventor of all of those messages. It turned out, no, hmm. I was programmed with all of those messages. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up, I was pretty liberal when I was in high school. Uh, and, and a lot of that was what I was told, too. You know, I was told that the world was going to, you know, I, I had people telling me the oceans would be dead by the year 2000, that there'd be no fish left. And so, you know, you grow up in this environment and you, you kind of get on board that narrative, like, and it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a spiritual narrative and it's not about finding meaning in yourself, but you find meaning in these causes. And, and I kind of flirted with that. And I was very fortunate that, you know, my father, uh, gave me, uh, he put me onto Ayn Rand when I was about 19 years old. And I read Fountainhead and that book really changed my life that and the Bible those two books really changed my life and sort of dusted the cobwebs out of my brain. It got me to myself. That's and then it's been from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're in good company, by the way, because uh, actually somebody asked earlier if uh, you've ever been flat smacked and, and we won't get into it too much right now, but uh, okay. the, the, the majority of the audience that I'm around and, and certainly the ones that I'm attracting because this is also part of my platform that, for example, the king hero without God is a tyrant. Yes. Yeah, because it's, it's without morality. It's without and morality. It's, it's, and it becomes, everything becomes relative. Yes, and without it, without, exactly, without an external, without an external uh, 
moral compass. And we see that. I mean, I think we both agree we've seen this sort of this uh, moral relativism just take off to, uh, I would say, almost horrific ends in society where everything is up for, like, nothing. There is no good or evil. There is no right and wrong. And, you know, we've seen, and it looks like in some cases we've seen our societies start tearing themselves apart over it. And certainly the United States is seeing that in a huge, a huge way right now. Yeah, yeah. The very worst things can be made out to be okay. Absolutely. Be- because it's relative to this, it's not black and white, it's all gray. And well, if a child mm-hmm. says they want to have sex with a, an adult, it must be okay. Because yes. they're giving consent. Yes. And it's like, um, yeah. we all know when we're connected to our, our moral fabric that that's just wrong. And you don't even need to explain it. And it's funny that we've decided in the last five minutes that we're going to chuck out uh, thousands of years of, of sort of, uh, of philosophy and, and moral uh, evolution. And, you know, anything, and it's just, and you see it even in Canada, but anything o- older than five minutes ago, it's old. It has to go. You know, I just recently saw that they were dragging down uh, statues of Abraham Lincoln. And I thought, okay, like, it's, it, it, you know, like, um, you know, he did free stage, you know, there's some good, you know, I, I get it. You take the Confederate generals down. I don't agree with that. I think leave them up. It's history, but I, I can understand that. But now it's just like, no, it's old. It has to go. And that's including our values. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Our identity, our values, our history. Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. There's a, that uh, old adage, of um, know thyself and when you look into it it's actually know thy place Mm. right so it's it's part of that whole movement that has been and this is just my take on it i haven't seen anybody write about it this way but uh you know to to turn us into our own little individual units where we feel disconnected from where we've come from where we would have inherited all of those good values from they're passed down through the generations also genetically but by, yes. by uh, you know, um, cloistering us and, and uh, making us our own little units, we've become uh, myopic. We don't, we don't, we can't see. And, and also by, by isolating us, we're not looking in the mirror of, of people, <clears throat> which will constantly inform us, you know, because if you say you say something and, it, and yeah. it's, uh, and it's hurtful to someone if you're if you're really truly looking at them you're going to see like oh my god I just hurt them I'm going to apologize or I'm going to something or I'm going to not do that again. But the isolation allows us, and especially when you shoot from the internet, right? A lot of those attacks yes. that you're talking about they're coming yeah. by the internet. There's zero reflection. Maybe you get a dislike. Yeah. But that's not yeah. that's not a reflection, right? The, and the division is is just terrible right now. Um, about being divided, I, you know, I don't think anybody has seen our countries more divided now. Certainly, the United States is incredibly divided right now, and um, uh, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I, I'd like to think, you know, I've even reached out to um, the local Antifa and FF1. I mean, certainly, we're not going to have some coming together. But um, if you're talking to someone in person, I've had excellent debates with, with left-leaning people, and and it's pretty civil. It's a funny thing when you're you're talking to someone face to face. It's it's um you know opposed to being online. Uh, the temper is, is much better. 
but they don't want to talk. Uh, you know, they really don't want to talk to us, certainly. They've made their minds up about us and what we represent. And the division is just, uh, yeah, it, it's just awful right now. I don't know how we, we bring it back. You know, I think for me, even coming on your show and talking and going out and being public, I'm misguided, but a part of me thinks that that's a, a way forward. It's, it's just, we got to keep communicating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. It, it's, it is the thing about... Uh, the gatekeeper for meaning and purpose is being your authentic self, mm. right? That you don't get to have yeah. that if you if you don't show who you are and uh, not necessarily take a stand for it as as you are, but if if you don't stand by it, yeah, then you don't get true connection. Yeah, um, and that's. I think it takes years to find out even what the truth is to you. You know, as I've gotten older, I see, I, I understand it more as I get older, what it means to me. I, I certainly didn't know when I was 20, and I, I think I had an inkling of it when I was 30. I think now as I'm pushing 50, I'm starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, but you listen to people that you respect, and most of them say you have to stand on your principles, and you have to speak the truth as you see it. And that's something I'm trying to do. And um, I don't know, hopefully it has an impact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was there ever a mentor that you learned that from? Did anybody show you either by example or actually teaching you? I guess, um, you know, my father really taught me how to think. And my mother taught me how to work. Uh, my mother was a very hardworking person. And she was quite an inspiration for me seeing her throughout the years, um, just every day going to work. And my father was an uh, undiagnosed bipolar for years. He's just a very, got a really rough go of it until he, he finally uh, got diagnosed. And, um, but he taught me how to think. And he really clarified, you know, he always questioning, always telling me to uh, um, look at my ideas again. And, uh, no, I guess that, you know, and I've had other, I would say minor members through life. I mean, even bosses, uh, I had a brief, I was in the armed forces in the Canadian reserve for a while as a medic. And I met some really, some amazing individuals there too. But I guess, you know, my parents have to be my, my number one influences. Oh, I just lost sorry. your, oh, there we go. We're good. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Yep. Just, uh muting for the siren that was going by. Yeah, so that's that's awesome when your parents are your mentor. I mean, that's meant to be. That's the design, right, that they should be. It's not always the case. And and even sometimes these days, not uh, not as yeah. often the case as you would hope, that, that you would you would be able to get to this age and still um, see your parents as mentors. And I mean, yeah, I, I mean, of course, I guess like all kids, we had I had massive issues with my parents growing up. But uh, enough times passed that you know I can really see their influence on my life and sort of how they how they shape me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Even having lost both of my parents, I really I, I inherited okay. most of my gifts from them after they passed. Of course, right? Like that's just right. that's how yeah. it goes. You don't don't know what you have until it's gone, and those lessons mm-hmm. sometimes can't even surface until all of that stuff is uh, is beginning to heal. Mm-hmm. 
So was there ever a time in this work with the Proud Boys where you had a crash, where things kind of fell down or you doubted your uh, affiliation with them or things went really sideways? (laughs) Well, I've never gone really sideways, but I've had I've had moments where I've woken up at at three in the morning and I've been thinking, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) You know, like it feels like this this drinking club, which. For the first year I was a member of it, it was literally like, let's get together and uh, let's drink some beers and, and eat some wings and have some laughs. And somehow it's become sort of something bigger than that. Um, you know, and, and it is an odd, it's odd. Like I've definitely had some tough periods of the last even few months. Um, keep pushing forward, you know, just keep pushing forward. And, uh, you know, it seems that that, I don't know. The ship hasn't tipped yet. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I've seen how, how much good it can do. I've seen how much it's helped the members. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we really, we really uh, encourage um, young men to meet a woman and to marry that woman and to make a family with that woman and to be mm-hmm. faithful to that woman and, and, and be a leader, be a leader in your, in your own life and be a leader in your relationship. Um, so I've seen I've seen so much positive come out of it that it that keeps propelling me forward, but it is odd. Like it's it's a very uh, it is a little surreal at times. I hear you. Uh, someone said yeah. my mix is low. Is it any better now? Can you hear me more so? I can hear you fine. <clears throat> okay, perfect. That's good. Yeah. So then. It, you know, seeing seeing the transformation is always the proof, right? That it, it's one thing just to go and see what you guys stand for on paper and hear some videos, yeah. but can you say a little bit more about how you see men transform in this context? I I think most people get involved at the Proud Boys, at least most of them, the same way I got involved with them. It looked like a lot of fun. And then you start getting into the tenants and... Uh, you know, limited government, pro-freedom, pro-responsibility, you know, uh, yeah, get married, have children, make a life, um, be a good uh, member of your community. And I think the men getting together and becoming a group uh, build upon that and uh, build each other up. And, uh, you know, and I've seen, you know, as as people go, I've had hardships too, you know, when I've had crisis with my children and the Proud Boys have always been there. And it, even if it's not in my local chapter, you know, we have chats around the world. And sometimes if, if a child's going through something, uh, you can talk to them and you know what, one of, at least one of them, their child's gone through the same thing and you can get that support from them as well. And, uh, and I think just having a dedicated group for men is very healthy for men with their relationships with women, uh, just for mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. No, I love it. The uh, traditional values, I, they, they rock out. Oh. It's make, it makes you guys super uh, attractive and that it's not a, that's not a lusty thing talking, yeah. but it's, it's just the, that, that's nature's way, right? That's, that's how yeah. nature is already designed. God designed men and women to be not in opposition to each other, but to be the perfect complement, And so, yeah. That's a kind of proof that, yeah, go ahead. It, and just my relationship with my wife has gotten uh, 
since I've been involved in the Proud Boys, it's gotten better too because pushing we push each other to be better and we start i would say uh we start accepting the responsibility um as our role as husband and that that is that's a heavy responsibility but when you start accepting it and you start working with your wife boy does she reciprocate to that like you know when you start manning up so to speak um your uh, your wife or the woman in your life, uh, they, man, they respond to it. You know, it, they're very happy. And she had a change in me, and she liked it too. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a win-win. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed was that, uh, you know, for myself and all my past fails in, in terms of relationships, that uh, a running theme of it was that I, I was ending up actually more like the man. I was calling the mm. shots and there was this idea that somehow if men would just do everything I wanted them to do, then I was going to be happy. And it actually had the opposite effect. That oh, yeah. The, the more they turned into the person I wanted them to be and to do the things. Oh, my God, there's some big thing happening out there. Yeah, no okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the more they acquiesced to me, the less I loved and respected them, which is a, a pretty... Yeah hard thing to admit in on the one hand but it was incredibly enlightening it's like oh my god you know here i have this this guy who will be my sous chef in the kitchen and you know will mm. clean up so he can have sex when he get when i get home and uh, you know it was just all of this uh, kind of stuff and 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 the reason that i fell in love with him in the first place it was because he was very into his own path and purpose he wasn't actually right. searching out and he wasn't looking for me and uh, he didn't have his attention on me, but it all just flipped inside the relationship because I was wow. still very wired to be the, the king of the castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really believe men need to lead. Um, I don't know, maybe that's a situation, but I, I kind of think you have to lead. It's certainly, maybe you don't have to lead your wife, <laughs> but you have to lead your life. And and you have to find that and be very strong about that. And um, and I've, I'm still learning that, you know, when my wife asked me something, you know, 10 years ago, I'd, I'd say, well, whatever you want to do. And it's taken me a long time to realize, no, she wants me to make a decision. <laughs> so it's like, okay, make a decision, Derek, you know, and so, okay, so you catch myself. Okay, let's do this. And then she's happy and I'm happy. But, but you know, I have to lead sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It takes yeah. uh, it takes it takes a certain kind of extra energy and yeah, there's nothing more strange than like you know what do you want to do whatever you want to do and it's just like oh yeah. guess what still for yeah. now you guys aren't hearing me uh, and you know it's so it men have been sold this bill of goods for decades now that mm-hmm. they're supposed to um, sit back and be quiet mm-hmm. and it's making mm-hmm. it it's making misery everywhere. Uh, you know, certainly you have to, in a relationship, you have to listen to each other. That's a given. But I, you know, encourage men, start standing up and start leading and start making decisions in your life. And maybe at times, maybe be bold. You know, you'll find uh, uh, it'll work for you. Trust mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Uh, just doing a bit of a sound check. Is it better now? It, okay. it's, and some it's, people say it's been it's great fine. for me the whole time. Yeah. Okay. All right. See how the recording goes. 
Okay, so then, yeah, it's uh, that stand up and lead. It's it's something that you know, women are being encouraged to be leaders, right? And again, mm-hmm. I was on the soapbox saying women should take over the world, and they're they're landing in the CEO jobs, and they're you know encouraged to get out there. But but when it comes to it, at the end of the day, and some extremely difficult decisions need to be made, uh, potentially life and death ones. Yeah, a woman is not going to be able to make them. I mean, we'll make them on the level that that we are uh, wired for in terms of, um, you know, keeping everybody uh, fed and uh, clothed and uh, comforted and all those more sort of natural, uh, what we consider yeah. to be feminine feminine nurturance. But uh, yeah, absolutely, but, you know, coming up against enemies, and maybe maybe this is where we can start to transition into talking about this a little bit. That, like you said, that. You've never seen Proud Boys actually pick fights, so they're not going out and and um, um, you know trying to antagonize, right? But they won't stand down from one. Can you talk about the difference? No. Well, I mean, we've seen it a lot in the U.S. and this, and and I believe in it fully too. That a free man should. Um, be able to speak his mind freely and no matter what he says i mean as long as you're not citing that right and i think that gets into a broader issue of men in general they've been kind of told to shut up and to be quiet for the last few decades and this is i think the problem are a natural backlash to it um where they're starting to say you know you know we're not going to be quiet we're not going to shut up we're going to speak our minds um and we're going to tell the truth we see it and feel free to debate us. If you don't agree with us, we don't have all the answers. We're just speaking what we think is correct. Um, you know, unfortunately, the left has decided that free speech is, is problematic. And, you know, we have, we have to be shut down. We have to be silenced. We've been booted off of pretty much every platform except Parler. And it's not helping anything, all the silencing. Um, but... The ability also to, or the right to defend yourself against an attacker, even that seems to be coming into uh, threat these days. You know, people are defending themselves and then they're getting charged. And so I don't know what the, the end game is. But, you know, I think traditionally that was a very, uh, a, a very strong Western value. You have the right to defend yourself. And the Proud Boys will defend themselves. But, you know, we don't, we certainly don't go looking for fights. I mean, I'm not saying that maybe it hasn't happened, but I've never seen it. And I know personally, I've dealt with situations where guys have, um, have kind of crossed the line and we'll kick them out. Like we'll kick them out of the group if they can't, if they can't, uh, um, if they can't follow the tenants, they're out. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. There we go. Oh, lots of sound little issues today. Funny. Oh, man. Yeah, so when when men and women work together, to me, there's an unparalleled kind of, uh, like, even the energy right now yeah. on this interview, like, there's something so natural about this conversation, a man talking to a woman. <clears throat> we've been talked out of our basic senses. Out, we've been talked out of nature. We, we are becoming denatured and evacuated yeah. to our to our own 
you know, the gifts, right? Because when, like you said, for a few decades, men have been silenced. They've been told, yeah. you're toxic. Uh, yeah. you know, you, you, you have to go and, 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 uh, actually learn to be a good woman is I mm -hmm. really, I really realized that the messages we yeah. were giving men was all about, oh, you need to cry and you need to talk about your feelings and yeah. you need to, and actually there is truth to that too, right? That, that there's, uh, there, right. Will come yeah. a, <clears throat> there will come a time. And, and this is what I noticed with the masculine and feminine archetypes that they are, um, you know, if, if I want to become more feminine, if that's my goal to be more feminine and less of a king hero where I was at, or, you know, less less masculine, less aggressive, less of a ball breaker, yeah. that's how my reputation, then I actually had to work in the, in, in the, uh, on the masculine. I had to come to peace with it. I had to heal from the masculine mm. wounding. I had to heal from my own hatred of what I thought was men, but actually I was at war with myself inside myself yeah. with that masculine energy yeah. and there is a very big emergency coming up in yeah there. i know <laughs> you've got a uh, there's a whole block burning down next next to you <laughs> yeah. something like that man one of my clients gave me the advice to sing along to the the sirens but uh, i can't catch that tune yet <laughs> and yeah so then here we are in this day, in this age, and it's such a strange time, and it's so convenient it that it's been for decades how how the men have been taken down. And so what is your take? Does, does the Proud Boys have an official uh, message about the lockdowns, about the masks, about the... Uh, yeah, I would say not an official one. I think most of us think this is uh, pretty overblown. Um, I, when I first saw this happening, I think like most people, I saw this strange disease coming out of China. And I think we were all a little concerned, like, what is this? And then when I started seeing how South Korea was sort of had it on, kind of figured out, I thought, okay, this is just kind of a bad flu or something. And we all kind of shut down. And I think most of the Proud Boys agree with me on this, although not all. We're not monolithic in our thinking, that's for sure. We argue a lot. But I think we've become a risk-adverse culture. We've become a very fearful people. And I don't subscribe to a lot of conspiracies regarding our um, our leaders and their actions. I I think they're mostly cowards. And and I'm not trying to be harsh on them. It's just they'll, they'll put their finger in the air and they'll see which way the wind is blowing rather than leading. And, you know, in this time it took some leadership. And I think, you know, it seems that at least in Manitoba, we haven't gone too crazy on the lockdown. We haven't totally destroyed our economy. But, you know, there's areas, certainly California and there's areas in the states that have just been devastated by this. And I think it's it's just fearful people, you know, and 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 like I said, being a risk adverse. And I don't know, how do you combat that, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating. <clears throat> I was just reading a good article this morning called The Covidian Cult. And it's mm. talking about how okay. they... Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the hallmarks of totalitarianism is mass conformity. I'm just reading from the article to a psychotic mm -hmm. official narrative. And that's what, for those of us that were already critically thinking before this went down, 
the first thing that you hear everybody say is that, oh, well, this makes no sense and that makes no sense. And, oh, yeah. they, they told us for a month that you shouldn't wear masks. And now they're saying everybody yeah. should wear a mask. And then they're yeah. saying the tests don't work. And now they're saying everybody should be tested. And, like, it's this constant thing. And, you know, it's easy to think, oh, they're just a bunch of buffoons. And you hear them say it. My family was saying, oh, well, we don't know. This is a novel virus. We're just... We're just learning. They're just learning, and we'll just mm -hmm. leave all that learning up to those scientists and stuff. And and it's like, no, this is actually a very distinct uh, strategy of of um, confusing the hell out of people <clears throat> to to actually traumatize them with the confusion. Yeah. And then I, they I hope it's yeah. not that. I I almost hope it was. It's not that. I would almost hope that it's like what I thought was incompetence. But you might be right. I mean, definitely. That's what that's what it appears to me that um, because all yeah. of the fear, if if you watch the mainstream media, it is terrifying you every day, and you Absolutely. only have to, you that's only have two choices. That's their job. <laughs> that's what they get yeah. paid the big bucks for. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And you only have two choices when somebody's scaring you or when you're you're perceiving there to be frightening circumstances. Number one is you're going to get locked and lost in fear. And number two mm -hmm. is you dumb down. And you numb out yeah. and you stop feeling, yeah. you stop being able to care because it's costing you so much energy to, uh, to keep on caring. And so that's where we find ourselves with people that have really checked out and numbed out. And, and, and it was already very prepared that so many of the population are on some kind of antidepressants or anti anxieties yeah. or never mind all the yeah. you know drug of choice whatever it is and i'm not even really i'm not against that in any moral way but no. it's, no, uh, it's something yeah and it's something that <clears throat> we, we are we, we're always faced with that like do i turn this pain off or could i possibly go all the way through mm -hmm. this pain and see it yeah. to the other side right and uh and and get the energy back that that otherwise is is tied up and that's always that's like what, we were saying. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, well, like I was saying about being a risk adverse, you know, we want um, we want some answer. We certainly want someone to give us the answer. And you know, even the masks, like there's there's a lot of data coming out that show the masks uh, do very little at best, but it's become sort of a sign of uh, compliance. And um, and we, we all got to get on board, you know. And and I. And, you know, and it's, I'm sure there's a placebo effect. I'm sure you put the mask on, you feel like you're doing something. Um, and you feel like you're trying to make a difference. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's all sort of coming up. It's, it's coming against our freedoms. It's coming against our individuality. And that's, you know, and maybe that's the great battle of this generation. You know, we've seen to, the West has slain most of its external threats, you know, defeated the Nazis, we defeated the Soviets, uh, we got ourselves to a, a place of immense success and wealth and freedom, and now it's, uh, and now we're turning ourselves, and, and we're deciding, I guess, who we're going to be. Are we going to be, I think, connected to our, the values of our founding, uh, or are we going to embrace more of a, I guess, a social, a socialist, communist, uh, evolution of our country are we going to go that way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's I'll, I'll say it in a very dramatic way because i'm a scorpio that uh it, it's death either way 
you know, if we go with the socialists, it's it's that kind of ugly death. If we mm-hmm. go with our heart and our soul and our purpose, it's st- still nobody gets out of here alive. But at That's the end right. of the day, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, at the end of the day, if we are if 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 it's a choice like that and and that's that's looking to be the choice it by mm-hmm. all appearances you know i just saw a new schedule come out for th- for the uh from you know leaked from the liberal government god knows if it's actually true but it's yeah. right down to the dates they're planning to send people into camps yeah i've seen that floating around too okay. uh and I, I didn't know what to make of it you know part of me is like okay this is probably not as bad as it is i'm hoping uh and and maybe it is as bad as as it is and that's where i don't even know what to think of that yet you know i don't don't even know if i have an opinion on it it sounds uh, draconian draconian and terrible but i'm hoping for the best on it i mean i try to be optimistic about everything i'm I'm kind of an optimist but it's uh, um yeah i mean it's obviously it's very dark yeah, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it could very well be fear porn, right? That they put yeah, those messages absolutely. out. Uh, in, in Australia, there was a, a meme going around, or not in Australia, but it was going around everywhere from a woman who was pregnant and the police show up at her door. You probably saw this and uh, they didn't rough mm-hmm. her up. Yep. They, they, you know, and, and then somebody else was watching another, another very similar thing and they saw the exact same cop, but in a different role. It's like, oh, actor. Okay. Exactly the same okay. person in a different role. And so why are they depicting this for us? Is so that because the, the, the moral of the story was that the, the, um, the woman had posted something on Facebook. Okay. And so, and so they're trying to get people not to post anything anti-establishment uh, mm-hmm. on their Facebook by showing you this cautionary tale. Well, the police are going to show up at your door like this, right? So right. They, they, they invent, they actually escalate the, the fear of speaking out to some, you know, outrageous level like that, and then uh, and then people comply more. But it but then it's shooting around like it's some, you know, truth and uh, and we need to stand up for it. So again, with the confusion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, the you know, in these countries, these Western countries, you know, the, the Proud Boys say the West is the best. The reason we say that is it's. It's not because we were born here. It's not because it's it sort of these geographical borders are meaningless. We say the West is the best because the ideas that have come out of here and the ideas that I think are the most powerful, the ones of individual liberty and freedom. And we're losing that. Like, we definitely are losing that. I mean, the, I say the water has been raising in temperature so slowly that we haven't really noticed that we're, we're getting close to a boiling point. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to speak out against this. I mean, a lot of and and all of this uh, um, COVID is is really showing that maybe we're becoming two countries. You know, we're becoming two halves. And I think ultimately, you know, we're all we're all in Canada together. We're all in the states together. We're going to have to find a way to make it work. Um, I guess just got to keep talking, keep communicating, and and doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what it's come down to to be able to say anything because the the, the mainstream narrative or the mainstream media won't carry any of this. No. In fact, it's being heavily yeah. censored. Like, you know, the majority of people that I've listened to, well, not maybe not the majority, but it's one by one, boom. Oh, so and so's down. Freeman's down. That that's been yeah. for a long time already. And then, 
you know, it, one, one at a time they're shaving out the truth. And the beauty is that every time they do that, they explode in popularity because the very censorship itself sends people it, looking for them. Yeah, they do, but unfortunately they're exploding in popularity with the people who agree with them. Um, and, and I'm one of those people. Like I, I listen to a lot of the quote-unquote classical liberal right-wing libertarian thinkers. Um, but they're preaching to the choir. Uh, and that's the one thing where Facebook and Twitter, they're doing such a great disservice to this, uh, to this civilization. Is they're splitting us into two camps. Like they're doing it because they have no ability to engage in the conversation. And that, I guess, you know, I've thought, why, why has free speech come under attack? You know, that's something that's been such a strange thing to see over the last 20 years. And I think perhaps the left lost the argument maybe 15, 20 years ago. You know, we, we kind of got all of our equal rights. Um, we kind of got any of the old sort of crazy gay laws off the books. You know, it was like, okay, we're all individuals. And, um, and I guess they, they couldn't leave it at that. You know, okay, you know, we've got rid of, we, we've crushed racism, at least uh, from a legal point, we've gotten that taken out. We've got equality for women. We've got equality for gays. Uh, there was no sort of high-fiving and like, okay, you know, good job. We've gotten there. It's like, okay, we've got to move to the next fight. And, you know, the next fight seems to be, well, you know, we really don't like conservative speakers and we don't like people who, who think differently than us and we're going to have to silence them. And so we're seeing these explosions of right-wing thinkers, but they're preaching to the choir. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm afraid of is that, uh, we're just going to get into an echo chamber, and I think that's one reason why the country is splitting in two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, some people would say it's it's the wheat from the chaff. Also, yeah. that people are choosing themselves to to go down and you know numb out and stop thinking for themselves, and then there's those people that are going to hold on to their minds despite how difficult it is and how much pain that ends up actually bringing to the surface because it's, it's pretty easy. You yeah. could go through life and feel like, oh, everything's fine because my little world is fine. And yeah, we have to stay home, but we make the best of it. And like you hear that, oh, and the dolphins yeah. are coming back and all that kind of, you know, BS, <laughs> right? They're so romantic yeah, about yeah. Their, the dolphins. And I mean, of course I love dolphins. Yeah. It's not against the dolphins, but uh, so. Yeah, no, of course not. I like dolphins too. Right, right, but how they yeah. use and manipulate, and of course, everybody's emotions are so tied to the to the dolphins that they know. Right, like you just have to say the word, and everybody's ooh and ah, yeah. lost in dolphin bliss. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned the Antifa being something. I I doubt you that Proud Boys ever set out to be an enemy of them, but because it's been no. manufactured, like you said, we have handled this like. That may, I agree with you. I'm sure there'd be lots of people to argue, but I don't personally see racism happening. I'm sorry, I don't see it. I see it either. A, right. I, I have a wide circle, and, and maybe I'm in an echo chamber. Maybe I'm just with a bunch of people sure. that aren't like that. It, it's highly possible, but I just feel like that whole movement manufactured a ton of racism that wasn't there to begin with, or or just at least made it appear to be the case. What do you think? Oh, totally agree. I mean, mm -hmm. I know in my my chapter alone, I, uh, you know, I've got guys that are from you know from Africa, 
you know, from Israel, from Russia. We have guys that are members of the Cree Nation. We have Métis. Uh, and, of course, you know, people have been here one generation. People have been here five generations. We don't care. None of that really matters to us, though. I mean, obviously, that's all totally incidental. Like, the thing that matters to us is, you know, is the content of character, not color of skin. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, we've, we've, won, we've won maybe a bit of the racial war, too, and it's moved to, well, okay, we've got all the rights, but it's systemic now. Like, it's, it's kind of, you can't even see it. It's just woven into our society. You know, the very, the very fabric of Western civilization itself is inherently racist. You know, and it's fair to what? You know, we're in the trenches. Western civilization is in the trenches trying to make this work. Whether you call it a melting pot or multiculturalism or whatever, we're the ones that are actually trying to take people from all over the world and unite them under a common set of values. Um, you know, who else in the world is trying to do that? Exactly. Yeah, Holly just so there's, And there's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. You know, we've got all these cultures coming together. I think, go ahead, come. But you, I really believe that the Western culture is happening. If you're going to move to this country, I, I believe, you know, enjoy the Canadian culture and embrace it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I think we live in one of the best countries in the world. And it's always been mystifying to me that there's a group of people who would want to see it burn uh you know they just want to tear it down and destroy it and no they weren't uh, hugged enough with kids i don't know why (laughs) yeah something like that no it's fascinating because they close the borders to our you know to their own people but then they uh open it up and let the immigration flood in right and uh yeah and have the, actually have the, the mandate, I remember the, the Prime Minister talking about this, that it was a, it was a mandate to bring people from other cultures and, and, uh, and, and fill up the rural areas in particular. Yeah, right? I think and that's a voting, that's a voting tactic, though. <laughs> okay. Don't you, do you think maybe that, that there's that side of it to it? Is like that they want to, you want to get a new voting block in a certain area, so you're going to get all these people in that are probably going to vote your way? Oh, right, of course, because you're sponsored by them. They could never vote against you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah good yeah. point. And then they lie about the population, right? They, they keep telling us that the population is, uh, is, uh, is growing out of control. It's the opposite. It's diminishing. And so, and so it does actually reduce on the, on the, uh, the votes. So mm-hmm. that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, man. And then well, they're all future voters, right? And mm-hmm. and they've been sponsored in, and you know, if they're beholden to one party, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to get them to, you know, vote for conservatives or anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to bite the hand that sponsored you to be here mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was fascinating the day that I met you, and I was leaving on my bike, and uh, did you? I'm pretty sure it was the same day. Actually, maybe it was a different day. And at the same time as the rally that we were at, there was a, uh, a procession coming our way. And we all noticed it and went like, oh, this doesn't look good because it was police and everything like that. Okay. It turned out to be, um, and I'm not even going to, just for the sake of not getting this video taken down, but I'm not going to name, name the culture, but it was a, another culture and it was a, the anniversary of a death of some kind in their history. Okay. And they were all gathering to celebrate this. And then here, here we were at, at the... The, on the legislative grounds, and uh, they were doing uh, ceremonial dances okay. to 
it, you know, the whole, honestly, the whole thing spooked me like anything. It was just, you know, like we had a, our tiny little freedom rally and then there was this huge ceremonial tribute to a, a past. That's funny because I totally missed that when I was there. I must have been just in my own little world. Like I didn't know there was anything else going down. I don't know yeah. anything about it. Was this in response to us? being no. there with you no, okay it was a so-called coincidence and it actually it was a okay. different rally so yeah don't don't worry yeah it's not that you missed it okay. that day it was a different rally yeah oh so understood sorry yeah, yeah. No, it was it was just the strangest juxtaposition and because you know now there's this major political correctness around if i was to have any openly bad feelings to them then i would be instantly labeled a racist but mm -hmm. i'm just going like yeah certain things aren't handled in our culture and here we are uh, you know, paying to make space and do ritual. We don't know about this ritual. Is it, is it uh, satanic? Is it like what are what are you actually enacting here? What are you trying right. to bring bring about on on this Canadian soil? Anyway, so you're seeing my, yeah. my definite uh, bias with this stuff. I I would never even consider mm -hmm. this if it weren't for the again political incorrectness. Uh, having experiences right in and around here in this neighborhood, unfortunately, where I live, where there's been some regular conflicts, and I can see, I can look out, I can see what they're doing to each other, and I will, mm -hmm. I will, I will personally, I will, I will jump in and start to rescue. But I can see, like, no, there's absolutely no. I would be completely out of my zone, out of my cultural zone, to have any, uh, you know, to interfere in any way. I would be totally. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd let that I'd let that ship sail by, you know, uh, you know, I think we've been doing pretty, we, I think we've actually done pretty good in Canada. Um, you know, speak to yourself personally, um, I'm in favor of legal immigration. I have no issue with it whatsoever. I know there are, there's brothers that say, you know, no, we should close it down, uh, at least for a while and let everyone that's here assimilate. And I think there's, there's an argument made for that. And there's other people like we, we do have some libertarians and they just think, no, you know, you know, we should abolish, get the government down to just the dull roar and let the borders open and let people come in. But there's going to be no welfare. There'll be no social programs, no nothing. Let people fend for themselves. So I guess I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I do feel, though, like I definitely think that we should, uh, the people that come, I, I feel they should integrate into into our culture. And I think we need to be united. And the, I think the best thing about our culture is it's a value structure based on personal freedom and liberty and free speech. And I think you can kind of get behind that. I think there'll be a home for you. If you, if you can't, I don't know if you can integrate into our culture. I mean, it's, that is such a cornerstone of the West that if you can't get behind those basic ideas. I don't know how we're going to make it work as a group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just the hope that because we hold this ideal of uh, being the somebody just said the word uh, like mosaic or we're not the melting pot. That's more of the, the no. United States. We're the we're the. But they're not the melting pot anymore either. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I got it. And that's that's just an ideal because mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. The, uh, people are competing for airtime. They're competing to to be heard for their their cultural uh, stuff to be 
seen and and known but mm-hmm. frankly that's not the will of the people that's that is that is so much engineering social engineering going on yeah you see that kind of like at the that at such an organized level um do, do you want to talk a little bit about the the two events that has got the proud boys into the the mainstream narrative so much uh <clears throat> i don't know which came first was it was it the portland Portland definitely got us, I would say, put us on the map to a degree. Um, you know, Portland is a very unique city, and, and thankfully that's not happening everywhere in the States. But it's, it's extremely left-wing. Um, and so there's open fights between Antifa and, and the Proud Boys. I mean, it's from everything that I've seen, the Proud Boys have always been go- have gone to these events to enact their constitutional rights of assembly and to speak their mind and free speech and they've been attacked um, so that i think put us on okay well you know political violence well we don't advocate for political violence we advocate that we can be free to speak minds and assemble freely that's what we advocate uh if people want to attack us on that that's, a, that's another issue and then i guess um would be the other issue i mean with portland and then what Trump, the call out during the, the presidential debates Yes, exactly. Yeah, when uh, when they told you to stand back and stand by, when he told you specifically, yeah. and then Biden have, had a message for you guys too, right? A different one. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Biden said about. I know he mentioned, you know, say something about the Proud Boys. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see if I have it here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, darn, it wasn't where I expected, so I might not find it. But yeah, yeah, go ahead, and if you don't mind talking about what. Uh, no, it's okay. So, yeah, he, you know, he called us out. That was huge. I mean, now, since that and um, since since the Trump call out, certainly there's been a lot more attention focused on us. There's a lot more people asking about us, and we've got a lot more recruitment. Um, but we don't, I was telling you earlier, you know, we don't live and die by the president. Uh, most of us like Trump. I mean, not all of us, but we've got a lot of Trump supporters in the group. And, um, uh if Biden wins the election, we're just going to do our thing too. You know, we're just going to continue to together, we'll speak our minds, and we'll be free men. And if Trump wins, it'll be great. You know, we'll enjoy that too. Uh, and so Trump, yeah, I think he he said he condemned us, but that's fine too. Like I know he's he's got to play the politics game, and um, he's got to distance himself from us if he wants to win the election. That's fine. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It's so mm-hmm. so interesting that he called you out and. I know I'm reading into it. You and I talked about this before, but uh, I just found it interesting. Like he could have said, okay, proud boy, stand back. Yeah. Get away. Yeah. He said, stand yeah. back and stand by. So I don't know. It just seemed cryptic. Like uh, I might need you. Yeah, it was. By. Yeah. Well, I don't get it either. You know, I, like he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a phone to our chairman. Right? It's not a direct line. So <laughs> we're not waiting in the wings until he tells us to go. <laughs> You know, okay, we're certainly know. not, we're not his personal army in any way. Uh, I think it was just a bit of a misspeak. I think he was calling, you know, stand back, stand aside. And he said, stand back, you know, it just meaning let the law enforcement do their job. And, um, and you know, they've, they've I know uh, in the States, they've some good luck. I mean, the Proud Boys have tried to set up rallies. And in response to that, you know, they've, I know in Portland, they ended up declaring a state of emergency finally. And so we've done a lot 
by simply threatening to go and assemble. We're not, we're not threatening to go and attack anyone. We're threatening to just go and march and, and speak our mind. And so then the government's taken action. So, you know, we've done a lot of good in that way. And hopefully we can get some law and order. The Americans can get some law and order in their cities because, you know, what they're going through down there, I mean, some of their cities are burning. So the Proud Boys in the States definitely have um, a much heavier load than any, any, of, any of us anywhere else around the world. Around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you guys stick together internationally? Show up for each we other. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So then, is there any advice you would give? You started to give some earlier, but that you would give to the uh, maybe king heroes in the making out there who do want to stand up, who want to have a um, you know a, a different kind of relationship with women that that uh, they they step into their leadership, whether it's in their relationship, in their work, in their communities in their families, what advice would you give them to be able to take on uh, that role in, a, in a, a way that would encourage them? We need more strong men. I have a very not hidden agenda here. <laughs> mm. um, well, you know, we build ourselves up too, you know, as a group, we help each other build it, to build ourselves up. One of the things that, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's a strange one, but we absolutely, you know, cut out pornography. That's one thing the Proud Boys, we don't look at porn. I, I can't speak for everyone. I know, I know I have not looked at porn in a very, very long time. And Congratulations. Yeah, you know, and it's so just, good. and it's something maybe a little easier for me, but it's something we really want to impress, certainly on the young guys. And it's like, you know, you got to get out of your basement. You, you have to stop playing video games all the time. You have to stop looking at pornography all the time. You have to get out, you have to get a job, you have to work, you have to socialize, you have to go meet women, and you have to be the leader of your life. And and things will start happening for you then. And find other men who share your values. Um, you know, it's not about being in an echo chamber all the time. It's not about just being around people who agree with you, but find other men who will support you and back you up on this journey to better yourself. You know, our chairman says... Uh, you know, we build better men. And I believe that, you know, we weren't that way at the beginning to some, you know, it, maybe we were always there, but it's definitely that. I think it's become a bigger, a bigger part of our organization over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, awesome. and it's just, it, it, and, and I think pornography is just so devastating right now. Like this is not, you know, the, your dad's Playboy magazine. Like this is, I think it's, it's very hurtful. Um, I think it's hurtful to the men who are watching it psychologically. Um, they're certainly not going out and trying to meet women the way they used to. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll stay at home and look at porn. And it's and some of this stuff, I think, is just devastating to the young women that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, yeah, there's the whole MGTOW movement where they, uh, they've actually sworn off, sworn off being with women. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know. a big ripoff to themselves. To, to women Absolutely. and to society as a whole because we're missing that that otherwise yeah porn is a weapon Holly just said it's very true exactly it really yeah. is and there's lots of those kind of weapons they you know for when they're kids it's the, the video games and then they graduate to the porn mm-hmm. and uh, stay yeah. stay depressed stay in their basements and never find out how powerful they really are 
Mm-hmm. And for me, I made the decision uh, a while ago to move to the country. And that was an excellent decision. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, now I'm in Lower Manitoba. And what a difference, too. You know, I've really noticed a difference with the young, the young people that I see out here. Um, a lot of times, you know, I'm driving. And you know, one, one, one thing I saw this year, I was driving, and it was a family near me, and all of their daughters were working just, just on the edge of the field. And they waved to me as I drove by, and they were all smiling and working. And I thought, that's, uh, these guys have figured something out. You know, they've really, um, and these people have sort of unplugged uh, from out of the, the technology. And they look really happy. And I think that's something we've got to, we have to do too as individuals. We have to unplug a little bit. I mean, obviously, we live in a modern society. We have to stick to a degree. But I don't know. And get out in nature, I don't know, go hunt, go for a bike ride or something, but, you know, get out of your basement and, and stop playing videos and stop, look, stop looking at porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Super good. Well, it's been a pleasure. Does anybody in the chat have any questions for Derek before we start to close up the interview? I don't know if I've missed them. Feel free to repost and uh, even with capital letters just to make sure it sticks out. Um, so when Flat Accord Music said Portland, Oregon used to seem so, uh, where reasonable people lived and so much has changed. Yeah, no kidding. I was there about 15 years ago and, uh, to visit a friend. And I remember thinking like, this was just such an amazing city. The energy was incredible. And it was, it was in the, the nine, it was in the nineties, so I guess well, more than 15 years ago now. And, um, you know, the economy was just roaring and I remember just being so impressed with the city uh like man this the energy here is just phenomenal and to see what it's happened now where it's just and you know i hate to pick on you know liberal governments but the democrats have they've controlled these states for years and they've just they've just sank them and it's a real shame to see you know a lot of our american brothers certainly in california and areas like that where the economies are just trashed and it's identity politics is just out of control so I don't know. I hope I hope they find their way back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be a grassroots kind of thing. Uh, Holly was yeah. also saying about the Proud Boys in relation to white supremacists. Uh, yeah. So when you Google the Proud Boys right now, it it says you are a fascist organization <laughs> of white supremacists. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Antifa writes our Wikipedia page, so they're it's not the most biased. Uh, you know, it's not so, we've certainly tried to. To put the truth up but uh you know you can't you know all we can do is well you know what the number one is our wikipedia page which is uh, fairly inaccurate and the second result is proud boys usa that's our web page uh okay. and and that's where you go if you want to find out about us so. okay i was just going to ask what is the best way yeah what if, some, what if somebody wants to join the local uh, chapter is that the same place they would go to you can go to what is it? Okay, we've well, got a website now in Manitoba, and it's uh, www.prowboysmb.com. And then from there, it'll link. It'll link you to um, Winnipeg or Brandon. So yeah, proudboysmb.com. Okay, let me put this up for people. So if you would like to, did I do that right? If you see the banner there proudboysmb.com or is there a dot in there mm-hmm. yeah that's good 
All right, so if you are local in Manitoba and you would like to join uh, in or or have a talk, I, I, I from what I understand, you also have a women's way for people to get involved, like not with the, the Proud Boys Club, but it's a kind of adjunct of some kind? Um, I don't know, like... It's- and also, I just want to say, if you're not in Manitoba, it's probably That's where you can find global chapters. There's chapters all over the world. Okay. Um, and then you can, I mean, you can follow us on Parlor. I think we're um, we're at Proud Boys MB on Parlor, and um, at the Proud Boys, uh, which is, I think, our American Proud Boys. I don't know if this, right? you know, I don't know if you're saying that uh, proudboysusa.com. Yeah, I believe that's it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the link that I had up, and maybe it was Doc Michael was telling me that that, that link wasn't working. So I think it was okay. working. Okay, well, I hope I'm it. not. Okay. <clears throat> no problem. But uh, anyway, feel free to uh, contact me, and I will introduce you to Derek also. That, that would be just fine. So thank you so much, everyone. Let me just check and see if there's any last comments or questions here. Um, Flat Accord Music said, really shows the spirit of anarchy to monopolize thought and create monoliths out of well-meaning individuals. Yep. Well said. For sure. And Holly said, thanks to Derek for being brave enough to take all the racist arrows and stand up for what he believes in to be right. They haven't all come yet. They're coming now. (laughs) (laughs) He's in training for more arrows. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting because every time you take a hit and you don't die, you find out what you're made of. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it ultimately makes you stronger. So it's like, oh, thanks for that flaming arrow. I uh, am actually better better off than I was before if you do the work that is so and uh so yes these guys want to flat smack you if you ever want to talk about flat earth you're welcome back on my channel too (laughs) to have a a, a little look and finding out where you are that's not possibly what you expected (laughs) no (laughs) yeah Anyway, it was really a pleasure to meet you. I'm glad we had a chance to meet in person. No doubt we'll meet again since we're here in the same community. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been really fun, and we didn't get any haters on this stream, so that's that's pleasant. They they could still come later, like we said. There might be more to come, and uh, I look forward to being in contact. Please do call on me if there's anything that you need. If you are looking for a platform, I would love to help you get your message out. Thanks, Beth. I will. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Totally my pleasure as well. Thanks, everyone in the chat for showing up and uh, showing your support. Uh, there are two more interviews this week. Ian McKenzie is here tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if I can often tell you exactly what his podcast is it, on masculinity as well. I know it's in the title. And it was, uh, let's see. Uh, anyway, yeah, King uh, Ian McKenzie is his name. And then Friday... I'm hosting Bernard Gunter to talk about the piercing the veil of reality. So stay tuned for those and I look forward to connecting with you. Lots of love everybody. Bye for now.